All right, here with my friend, Professor Hector Betran. Yes, sir. Artist nice and martial artist. That's right. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of everything. It's funny you actually say that. Um, in, in high school, I had this teacher that I thought was um, was putting like a pox on me because she said, yeah, you do a little bit of everything. And I was like, I was like, okay, what's that mean? She said, yeah, you're, you're kind of like a jack of all trades. I was like, I kind of knew the saying. And I was like, where's she going with this? She's like, master of none. I knew she was going to finish it. <laughs> I was like, okay. I thought that was like uh, totally a pox on me. I'm like, I'm never going to master anything moving forward, you know, but, but, uh, cause at that point I was really into music, uh, skateboarding and fine arts, like painting, drawing, like, so looking at all this stuff on the walls right here, for yeah. those not, um, looking at the, uh, at the video, uh, some cool artwork up on the walls, you know? So, um, that's the kind of stuff I thought I was going to end up doing painting. and painting, creating and opening a, a studio someday to sell, uh, my artwork because, you know, at, at that time there was not really, um, uh, I was not aware of online marketplaces and all that stuff, you know, but, uh, here we are. So now I totally think of myself as an artist right before a martial artist. Mm -hmm. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in, uh, uh Downey for the most part. And that's where your gyms are, right? In Downey. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I have two locations. Uh, with my business partner in Downey, uh, we have a downtown Downey location and a North Downey location. They're just two miles apart. Um, one is the original location and then we expanded, found a really nice, uh, 3,600 square foot location mm -hmm. and, um, and did it all up, made it really nice. And now that's the headquarters location. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And you guys just like, you started, like we were talking about a little bit before 2018, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So that was a, um, right crazy before, time. right before the, right before the, yeah, <laughs> the COVID and you're like, yeah, we, I don't really count the last couple of years. Yeah. Right? right. So that's the thing, right. When people ask how long we've been in business, right. It's, it's hard to count the last, uh, really year, year and a half, uh, not so much. Um, the, the past six months has been pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's when we, we expanded, um, but obviously even before that, there is, uh, um, we first, start, I started looking at different places to expand mm. in February of, uh, uh 2021. So it, it was still like major heyday. You don't know what variant's going to come out next, what, right, what right, lockdown's right. going to be imposed next. So I was like, I guess we, um, we should expand, but it's a scary time, which ended up working out in our favor because we found a, a, a spot that was vacant and mm -hmm. the landlord was, uh, um, just holding on to a place looking for the right, right tenant. But mm -hmm. we were, but we were really aggressive about trying to get in there, but uh, at the same time, uh, patient enough to negotiate a good deal, you know, which is, it, it there, there's one thing that always stuck in my head that I, that I heard a long time ago during the, um, the great recession, right? I heard a, a, a person in finance say a crisis is a terrible opportunity to waste. So I was like, always thinking about that. I was like, yeah, but in that time I wasn't prepared for anything. I and I was like four years out of high school. I was just a dummy, you know, like a young, young person. Now I was in a different position, you know, with a, a little bit of a decent business going. And I was like, okay, well there's a crisis here. Where's the opportunity? Mm -hmm. Right know? on, right on. What about all the people moving out of California and in LA? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so there's like, that. that's like the catch, right? Yeah. Like, whoa, whoa, what do I do? Right. Well, the next that variant, right? There, there is that, Looming. there is that number, right? Like people say, Oh yeah, look at all these people leaving. But I always feel like it's a vacuum because yeah. it's such a, at the end of the day, such a desirable location as far yeah. as weather. And I'll even give you an example during, um, during the first, uh, part of the pandemic, right. Everything mm -hmm. kind of like shut down in 2020, yeah. 2020, uh, I was just like, I was talking to my wife and, and we had an opportunity to go visit my brother in Seattle. We were just going to go for like, for a couple of weeks. Right. We, we left and we ended up really enjoying, um, Washington. We were actually, uh, like, uh, West of, uh, excuse me, uh, East of, of Seattle, about 40 minutes. So a okay. little bit, a little okay. bit in the, in the sticks, uh -huh. it's a nice little town called Duval, Washington, Duval, okay. where, where my brother lives. And, uh, he had a nice, uh, nice property out there and we ended up hanging out a couple months and wow. it was really awesome. We were like, Oh, we could get used to this until the weather turned. Once it started getting misty, foggy and rainy, it was about a week. And I'm like, I'm out. 
I get, can't hang. get like depressed. It's kind of yeah, sad. Right? I got, that was the, the main thing where I was like, it was a combination of not training jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. my wife was like calling me out where she was saying like, you don't, you, you, you look different. You're not you're sad. You're sad. You know? And it was like, yeah, well I've, I don't have, have a big old smile. You meet Hector, you have a big old, big old smile. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm radiating because I didn't live on the mats. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. typical of uh, 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 people that live on yeah, the mats, yeah, you know, yeah. we're like living the dream and yeah. all that. And then in that environment, I was like, okay, well, yeah. And, and I felt bad cause I'm like, I'm spending time with my family. I should be happy. But I think at the end of the day for certain people, um, you have to pursue something difficult and worthwhile in order for you, for you to really be happy and content. Right. If, if you're just, uh, if you're just, and I always tell this to my students, if you're just chasing yummy, yummy is like, like chasing sugar. Mm. It's great in the moment, but tomorrow, what you consume today, that chocolate cake, whatever that, that, uh, that sugary thing was today, doesn't bring you any satisfaction tomorrow. So in that moment I was like, okay, well I'm not building anything. I have to build something. I have to go hard. Everything I do, I try to go 100% and, and a hundred miles an hour. And that's a good thing and a bad thing. Um, and it's, it just is what it is. I'm wired that way. So you focus, you focus, whether it be art. So you were in art school. And so I was, um, I was, it's funny. Um, I, you were my, in school, you were yeah, in school. My, my senior year of high school, I won a summer art scholarship to oldest college of art and design in, in Westchester. It was like very like uppity, okay. expensive okay. private school. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, um, but then I talked to my family and they're like, we're not going to pay for that. You know? So I was like, okay, I'll go to community college and I'll start, and I'll start pursuing arts, you know, in a cheap art alternative with, mm-hmm. with great professors. So there was this uh, right. school nearby that had a really good art program, Cypress community uh, college. And, uh, um, so I started taking art classes there. I was learning, doing a life drawing, like drawing naked people and all this <laughs> stuff. And very interesting time for sure. You know, I was like, okay. Uh, you know, doing charcoal drawings of, of old ladies. They're like in their sixties and seventies. They were like whoever we could get. Right. It was very fascinating. I was, when I was, when I was younger, I'm uh-huh. still like, a, I like art and I uh-huh. like to paint and, and do those. Oh, really? Things. So awesome. I actually did a bunch of art classes and yeah, it's funny, right? Dude, that's, <laughs> that's super awesome. Yeah, Sometimes so. you get old ladies or guys, but also, young young people too right all yeah. types of people it's like whoever shows up i guess i don't know how they source these people it's like <laughs> hey craigslist like take off your clothes you know you get all sorts of people but um but it was it was just really interesting because in order for me to fulfill some of my credits uh i had to take a, phys- a physical education class and mm. i saw that uh kickboxing was uh, offered so i took a kickboxing class and within a, a couple of days, I was doing really well. And I was like, hey, I'm, I'm actually really good at couple this stuff. Days, huh? <laughs> a couple of days, huh? After a couple of days. days you know, <laughs> You're like, this uh, is cool. I was like, this is awesome. This is this is a great way to, um, you know, get fit and, and kind of de-stress, right? You're yeah. hitting things. And then I asked the instructor, I was like, hey, where can I find out more about this, get more into this? And he's like, I'm opening up a gym with somebody in uh, like the Anaheim Stanton area and you should come down. And I was like, okay, okay. So I swung by. My first day, I was rolling with uh, um, this purple belt. He was a uh, he was a purple belt under uh, Kleber Luciano, who, okay. who I later ended up getting my blue belt under. But he was he had that school. It was called Paqua. It's like an Argentinian martial art. Okay. And um, first day, I was like super gun ho. I was I was you know working out all the time and was super fit. And this guy kept like taking my back. He's the owner of the school. He's taking my back, like hooks in, standing, like rear naked choking me up against the wall. This felt like, whoa, what is this? Like I'd never, I'd never been exposed to anything like this, right? So it's like, and it's classic jujitsu story. You go in there, you get your, you get your ass beat, right? And then you're just like, can you teach me that? You know, okay, I'll be back tomorrow. You know, and that's and blew your mind. Blew my mind. You know, and it's it, it's really like one of those super cool classic jujitsu stories. Some people have it where like a kid choked them out, a girl choked them out. For me, it was like this like me, uh, middle aged like a uh, 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 smaller guy, mm-hmm. you know, smaller Argentinian guy that was like choking me out and like beating me up, and I'm like this young, super strong guy. So. I was like, okay, there's something here and this is worthy. And I have to learn this. Yeah. Right. So that was like, uh, um, and I think that that story perpetuates itself in, in jujitsu every single day all across the world, you know? So it's, it's just a, a cool way of, uh, looking back at that and, and, uh, looking back, reflecting of how I got here now, you know? So it's super random, you know, but, uh, art kind of led to martial arts. So that, that was real cool. Nice. And so you were training, then you ended up going to uh, clever school after 
that school? Right. So I was, I was there for, um, I was there for a bit. I was fighting, uh, uh, pancreation. We were doing like, uh, these, like, uh, like where you slap on the ground. No. So, so that's MMA? like pancreation, right? So, uh-huh. uh, pancreation is, a uh, it, it's no uh, jujitsu. Kind of. So it's basically MMA without punches to the face, which is a, a great way for, for uh, mixed martial arts to come up because when you make a mistake, you don't get knocked out, right? You don't get your teeth knocked out and, and you don't get really hurt. So it's basically a full-on grappling match. Um, With body shots. Uh, punches, kicks, knees, elbows, everything to the body. Um, so it's like full MMA, except you can't punch, elbow, kick to the head. You know, so it's a safe, it's a safer alternative, mm. but you know, it's, a, it's, it's a nice, uh, gateway to towards MMA, which is something I was thinking about doing later on. Mm. I ended up later having, uh, one amateur MMA f- fight that I won. Um, but, uh, undefeated. Yeah. Right. I was like, the, I was like the one and done. No, well, we good. I know, really, you know, it was really interesting. I, I, uh, I won. I won that, uh, and I broke my nose during that that uh, that match, and it was so funny because I tell people, "Yeah, I broke my nose," and they're like, "No, like, what do you mean?" I'm like, "Yeah, I I I double leg this guy so hard into the cage that I I shattered my nose in his chest and uh, up against wow. the cage, yeah. and they're like cleaning him up. There's all this blood, and uh, uh, they're like, "Wait." he's not bleeding. It's that guy. And they're like, look, and then they look at me and I'm just standing there like ready to go and they fix my nose and I go. But after that, I, I realized I wasn't super hungry for mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm way more into the jujitsu aspect mm-hmm. of it. So I should specialize, you know? So, um, everything, everything in my life just seems to be a, a kind of like the way I talk, like a tangent where it's just like, okay, I'm doing this. Now I'm doing this. Now I'm really interested in that. And let me pursue that with everything I got right now. You know, and I'm I'm actually in in that kind of modality right now with with certain things as well too, which is which is interesting because people go, people want to always label label you. I don't know if you've experienced this, where they just want to label you as, oh, you're the jujitsu guy. Oh, what do you mean you do real estate or or you do, uh, you're into crypto or you're into something else? You know, they're like, no, you're this. You know, you're in this little circle or bubble. So I'm always looking for that next ten year worthwhile goal to to start being a white belt in right now mm-hmm. you know nice man nice and so you went to collaborate school after that after uh, you got after, after that i went to um i went to new breed and uh new breed. okay with johnny with johnny ramirez uh-huh. yeah johnny's super awesome yeah. uh i love the people at new breed uh, so i got my uh my purple and brown from from johnny ramirez mm. um and then after yeah, that so you came up mainly a lot with uh, with johnny yeah with johnny and so one thing that's really uh important to know and i'll ask you this because uh um it's i'm not sure how this i i always want to give credit to uh the people um who are particularly teaching my class mm. right so it's very it's very interesting right because you go like all right so i definitely got my blue belt from from excuse me my purple belt from johnny but then the person that was teaching the majority of my classes uh was paul barbosa one mm. of his one yeah, of yeah, his black paul. belts yeah yeah mm-hmm. you know so i go like man like i just owe so much to paul and and uh, um i'm just so appreciative of, of paul so i always say I always really try to say Johnny Ramirez slash Paul Barbosa. Mm, okay. And how do you feel about that? Because it's, it's just such a... Yeah, you feel what you feel, right? You spend a lot of time with, with Paul. So, you know, it's all good, you know? It's all, I mean, it's all lineage and yeah, it's, all, it's, all, it's, all, it's, all, exactly. it's all good, you know? Yeah, it's, it's new breed. They, you, you're, you know, new breed and, and John, everybody knows Johnny, right? So, right. you know, people know, don't know Paul so much. So it yeah. kind of makes sense to, you know, but you can, it's nice that you get a chance to give him a shout out. Yeah, right? I got to give him because he, he was just so influential and in, in helping uh, bring me up and develop me that I was like, I was, uh, um, I always feel now, especially as, as an instructor where mm. I have other people start influencing my students game where I'm like, definitely that person would be awesome for them to get a shout out. Cause there's some things that, um, I, it takes a village, right? It takes, yeah, a, village totally takes to, a village to, you know, get a block, bring up a black belt. And, and, uh, it's, I mean, it, no matter who it is, right. I talked to solo, you know, and it's like, you know, same thing, right. It right, a right. Village. It's not like one, like, oh, yeah, no, totally. black, well, like Gracie, right. Black belt, but you know, it takes a village. And so it's nice to be able to talk about like all the people that really influenced you and, Absolutely. and help you move up. Right. So, yeah. And even in that vein, then from, uh, from after game, my Brown from, uh, Johnny slash Paul Barbosa, I, uh, um, 
I got my black belt from uh, Gustavo Carpio. Um, started training with them. He was teaching at a school called Connect and Downey. Um, and then um, as of late in October last year, I got my uh, my first degree um, from uh, Leo Vieira. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm I'm under the, the checkman umbrella, but I always say I belong to the community because so many people have helped me with my game and I go I go to the tournaments, I see everyone, everyone, and I'm in good on good terms with everybody where I could give them a handshake or a hug and yeah, yeah. and um and I mean, you, you, I mean, it seems like you would be driving. You're, you're from Downey, right? Right. And you're driving everywhere to train with all these guys, right? Yeah. So that was the thing. I was always and a lot of time from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I always invested a lot of time, and some of my decisions to train elsewhere was very uh, logistics based. Where it was just, it was just like, okay, while driving to Huntington Beach, training with Clebbers, yeah. you know, eating up a lot of, like, I was That's already far. committing for That's work really a far. lot. Okay. And then adding another 45 minutes there, 45 minutes back. And then, uh, um, and then when, uh, um, when, when I was training with, uh, um, with uh, Gustavo while also cross, uh, while I was training at Newbury, but then I started training uh, with Gustavo Carpio cross training. Um, it just ended up being a little bit more of, of looking for uh, parts of my game to, mm-hmm. to answer questions and parts of my games I didn't have answers for. Um, and then it just became more about evolution. You know, it's just the main thing is always try to evolve, always try to pursue um, what could what could help me uh, be a more more well-rounded martial artist. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. so and and one thing that I heard that really uh, snapped me into into like that mindset was uh, someone asked me, um, "Do you?" And I'll ask you this: Do you know what the most dangerous guard is? The most dangerous guard, yeah. the one you don't know. Dude, there we go. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm always studying. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And it's like <laughs> you always got to stay ahead, even if you don't do that guard. You still gotta know of it and understand it. You know exactly. Yeah. So that's all. I'd like so you even can see it coming because it's like the punch you don't see coming is the one that knocks you out. Right? That's exactly it. So even even now I'm like, God, I gotta learn warm guard. I don't yeah. want to learn warm guard. I don't. I don't want to learn certain. I don't. Certain- I don't hate on anything. You know. Uh-huh. I'm always open. I'm always years. Like you had. You showed that. Uh, you know, that Bravo choke, like, yeah. you know, it's like, man, it's, it's the one that you don't see coming, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yo, so. It's just a Bravo choke. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the setup, the detail <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and what's funny about that. And thank you so much for that opportunity. Allow me to share that, uh, last week. Um, that was super cool. And, and that, that is really one of my, um, what, like I told you when I expressed like what, what I'd be teaching. I said, this is my, my monster killer. Yeah. This is what allows me to beat people that are way better than me. So yeah. it's kind of like, uh, um, and, and you know, right. When you train with someone that's better than you. And I, and I know I have, I train with a lot of people that are way better than me and I shouldn't be beating them. And then sometimes, you know, because of this monster killer move that I have, it's just the one that they don't know. They don't see coming. Mm-hmm. And it's just one, it's just, one it's of just things. a Bravo choke. Oh, it's just this, but then boom, boom. Exactly. You know, so you can't get out. <laughs> exactly. So, and just like anything stylistically, when you, when you start specializing in any one given move, it, it creates this scenario where, where you're always playing mm. in this, in this manner and they don't ever get to see it because it's not, it's a, uh, it's not typical. So it's atypical where they're just like, okay, well, it's just like, if you're in a certain sport where everyone's right-handed right. and now you go against a left-handed person, which even guards, right? Like left-handed people, they'll play guards differently mm-hmm. and they'll present a lot of trouble for you. Even if, if, if you're used to people playing uh, guards in a very specific way when when you have someone do that same thing on the other side right it'll it'll invert everything like leo Vieira when he fought eddie bravo right everybody's right. passing the same way but then what did he do he studied he understood and so he passed to the other side yeah. and then totally neutralized he had no guard on that side completely completely so it's it's just recognizing those vulnerabilities and all that but but yeah so uh that's kind of a uh from uh inception to now where where I've been in my jujitsu journey. Nice. What, uh, when, when you started teaching jujitsu, like what, what kept you going? It's been, you know, quite a few years, right? You've been yeah, teaching so, and around right, on the so, mats, like living on the, on the mats. Right. So, um, just, uh, when, when, when I got started, it was more so, um, it, it was, it was an opportunity. It was an opportunity to start evolving, my my game you know because one of the things that people don't realize and and i now tell people is if you get an opportunity to teach teach it doesn't matter because it's going to help you get so much better like i i was like kidding around talking to one of my instructors and saying 
hey, you know, like it's so valuable for somebody coming up that you should actually have to pay to teach because it will yeah, help yeah. you so it's much. It's part of your training, right? It's part of your training, right? Yeah. And and uh, you get my, better at all the techniques. My instructor was like, ha ha, he's like, mm. but yeah, you're right. He's like, my game has just shot up exponentially since I started uh, teaching. You know, when you asked me the question about Paul Raboza, right? Yeah. Like, you know, he, he you know, it's, it takes a village, right? But like Johnny gave him that opportunity, opportunity because he built, you know, whatever he built, right? Right. And so. So it's part of that. Yeah. yeah so you can't just that. be like, oh yeah, Paul, you know, it's no. not Johnny. Johnny, no. it's like his blood, sweat and tears, oh, right? absolutely. Old school a times, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, grinding him. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. So that's I, why the lineage and, you know, all those things matter. Yeah, they definitely do. They definitely do. You know, and it's. Uh, and all the way up. Uh, all the way up to the Gracies, you know, like he got his black belt from, you know, Rodrigo Madero's yeah. and Carlson Gracie and, you know. Right. Yeah. And no, I mean, and, and the, <laughs> you know, that's give, the whole thing. Up. Like everybody, everybody is uh, instilling these principles and ideals in somebody else, even down to like the, uh, the, the way uh, Johnny, Johnny approaches people yeah. and, and he's so friendly and, and down the manner, and yeah. yeah, down to, down to earth. That's something that I still try to carry with me and, and instill in, in my academy and the culture, you know, yeah. cause it's so important, you know, yeah. to be approachable, yeah. to be, to, to not have this, like, uh, this persona that people go like, Oh, he's just like, he's, he's at the top of the hierarchy and, yeah. and, you know, he's a not <laughs> exactly, you know, I don't think that's a, that's a healthy culture. So, um, cause it's intimidating. You've just walking into a martial arts school, right? Super I'm getting beat up. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's one thing that whenever people call or, or, um, walk in, I always give them like right off the bat, like a little kudos. Like I say, Hey, kudos for even making it through the door or giving us a call. Cause I know this step is so intimidating. Mm. I remember the first day, you know, walking into a place, you're like, okay, well, is this person going to try to beat me up or are they going to actually try to show me something, mm. you know, and every single day someone comes in and, and they pretty much have that exact same question. <laughs> there was uh, like a, one of those TikTok or one of those reels, you know, where uh, jujitsu back in 1996 oh, versus I saw that. you saw that. I, saw that <laughs> I shared it on my on my stories because it's so funny compared to jujitsu in 2022 instructors anyway, you know. Right. And in 1996, they got you know guys like a jerk, like don't talk to me, and they they train and he, you know he's like he beats them up and then kicks them away, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like and then <laughs> 22, now, they were like kiss, kissing their butt, you know, like. Now the the instructors letting them armbar them and it's like hey good job good job really nice that was excellent you know it's just a whole different thing and it, it, I mean it's it's uh you're definitely talking to a different generation right, right so right, it's right. really interesting right, right. though it is it is it is it is you know like like I I can't help but think about Johnny and you know he's a little bit younger a little bit younger than me in the generations you know but just the fact that it was still it was Fight Club you know yeah it was Fight Club and so yeah. It's a different time right now than than totally different <laughs> the 90s. I mean, well, yeah, because I go like if, and if 2000s, I, early 2000s. If I put my students through any of the, the thing that happened to me on my first day, um, it, it'd just be a different outcome, right? You'd, you'd have a different uh, ratio for conversion is all I'll, I'll look at. But I do let, for the m most part, I do, and er everyone's going to feel a little bit different about this, but um, I'll kind of assess where people are at on mm. their first day mm. and be like, all right, for this, for me to help this person mm. to make a um, a change in their life, meaning to sign up for jujitsu or whatever the case is, they might need to really uh, experience it for real, right? In a, in a certain yeah, in, yeah, a, in yeah, a certain yeah. control yeah. controlled yeah. set. Because mm -hmm. I wouldn't have signed up, I wouldn't be here today if I didn't get beat up. So that that's crazy. If I just think about that, if I just would if I would have went to a school. That's experience, right? Like yeah. the know-how, like what does this guy need for me to- 100%. Get them to get bug and get Because the, it's context. Right, it's context. Right, 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 Without right. the context, you just go like, well, and one, one thing that's actually interesting, if I back up, the, someone, when I was 16 years old, someone took me to try a jujitsu class, mm -hmm. right? And uh, um, I think it was at uh, United Miss Martial Arts in, uh, uh, in La Mirada. And I was 16 years old. Someone took me there. I don't know who let me try the class because my parents weren't there to sign the waiver. You know, that's a big no-no for <laughs> they me. They weren't there. Huh? Yeah, they weren't there. You know, my friend just took me. I was 16 years old. And I was in a, we were like working this uh, certain position. I don't know if from half guard or something. There was this like big middle-aged uh, sweaty bald guy, typical, on top of me, you know. And, and, and I was just like, why would I end up here? I had, this was 2002, never seen uh, uh UFC. Mixed martial arts, mm -hmm. UFC or any of that, right? So I had no context. Mm -hmm. So what now I always think about 
I thought that was so lame. That was the lamest class I was I was ever yeah, in because you could have been doing it since you were sixteen, right? Yeah, right. But um, if you the, understood the context, if I understood the context, right, right, right? Where I was just like, at the end, there's no sparring and no anything, which is good because I don't know anything, right? But it just it just uh, makes me now in my position make sure to try to express the context, correct? Yeah. You know, not make any assumptions because some people they might have a frame of reference for for combat sports. Some people may not. You know, so you have to, you have to be a good communicator for them to understand, okay, well, this is why you might end up here. And, and still we, we don't get it right all the time. I and mean, we're, we're so lucky with UFC being like a mainstream oh, sport now, yeah. right? Because pre 2007, you know, even, you know, like nobody knew what jujitsu was. It was like underground, right? Right. It's, it's, it's a and whole so, different Yeah. Time. So you had to, you know, I don't know if you ever saw the video of Gracie in action. Is that where they do all the like uh, the dojo storming challenges? Correct. Yeah, they challenge different martial arts. <laughs> right. you know? And so we we're giving out VHS tapes when I first started, uh-huh. just to kind of give context, right? Yeah. Of how this works. Right, like, right. why? Why do I have my legs around you? What you know? Because people come inside the gym, and you know they're like heavy breathing, and one person has their legs around each other. You're like, what is this about? Right. right. They're used to karate and taekwondo, like striking martial arts. So yeah, just to give them context. The context is everything. Right, yeah. it, it's completely everything. So um, so yeah, that's just one thing that I try to express. Sometimes, that's I cool. mean, yeah. I get it wrong sometimes. Or sometimes people don't give me a chance. I had one guy, um, one guy come to class one time. He he signed the waiver. He got a um, he got in the class and everything. And I kid you not, I was a uh, I was like, okay guys, so we're working from butterfly guard now let me show you why we might end up here mm. and within five minutes i had this guy just go like uh just like step off the mat and i was like whoa, whoa, whoa where are you going and he's like uh this is not what i thought it was I, mm. don't, I don't know what i'm doing here and he just left and i'm like okay well you know if you if you don't have the time you, there's only so much you could do you know yeah, but, you can't make everybody happy but even butterfly guard is mm-hmm. like it is uh, super practical in a street course, fight. Of course, of you know? course, yeah, of course. Like you create, create those. And they're frame. not going to get it in one class or a couple classes. It's just, it's a lifestyle, right? One hundred percent. Life. That's how you. You know, that's how you get good. And there is like, because we're going over and I look at every different type of guard as a, as a module or a component of this overall system, mm-hmm. right? Where it's just like, okay, well now we're going over this specific scenario, mm-hmm. this next specific scenario. So, um, but yeah, I, I, we don't get it right all the time, but we try our best. Yeah, that's it. Man, tell me about Downey, right? Downey, like, you know, LA is so big and has so many cities and. You know, how many people, you grew up in Downey, right? Yeah, I grew up in Downey. So how many people live in Downey? So the uh, the estimated population is somewhere around, uh, according to the last uh, census, census, and I uh, and I go like, what's posted on like the city limits site, right, and it's like right, 120,000 right. people, right? But okay. I think it's significantly more than that with okay. uh, um, with multi-generational housing and all sorts of different things going on and, and changes in the in the demographic. But I think, I think it's roughly probably uh, at least 20,000 above that maybe like 140,000. But, but the thing that's really interesting about Downey is, um, and this will sound like, uh, I'm pitching something, but it's really centrally located mm-hmm. and I don't work for the city of Downey. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to a commute a, to work yeah, wherever, just right? Like, in LA. You, you know, like even, even to get to, uh, you know, here, here in Burbank, that took me, um, uh, 42 minutes, you know, at, a um, at 9am. Right. So it, it just depends where you're going, but you get to the IE real quick. You get a downtown lay real quick. You get to a lot of different places real fast. So it's, it's a nice place to live. Um, the community, um, the demographics have definitely shifted a, a little bit where, mm-hmm. um, it's, a, it's becoming a little bit more, um, you know, and this is, this is a, a thing that's going on all over Los Angeles County where you have, uh, a, a shift in demographics, you know, some, um, uh, the population is changing as far as uh, um, like who lives in there. There used to be a lot of like old white people in Downey mm-hmm. and now it's a uh, uh, very Latino like me, which mm-hmm. is cool, mm-hmm. you know, um, but er, er, it's very diverse community. You know, it's just a very diverse community. Now, one thing that's really interesting about, uh, about Downey is that um, now you're starting to see a little bit of influx of like transients, like on the streets, like, but that's like everyone it's in Los Angeles yeah. County, yeah. you know. So that and and the um, the riverbeds and all that, they're like a super highway for for transients and all mm. that. But but um, so we have two that surround Downey and 
And uh, um, yeah, so you, you got to deal with a little bit of that, but it, Downey does a pretty good job of, of keeping that under control. You're like a representative. Every time I talk to you, you're like Downey, you're proud, you know? Totally. You're proud. You're totally like, I'm, I'm from Downey. My yeah. gym's in Downey. Yeah, yeah. I'm to, <laughs> I'm Tell to, me about Downey. Yeah, it's funny, right? No, and, and I guess, uh, uh, you know, I used to be involved with the... Uh, I was actually the vice president at a certain point for the Downey Museum of Art, which is a oh, now wow. defunct uh, uh, um, art museum, you know, that uh, had to liquidate all its uh, its art and uh, kind of uh, break down that uh, 501c3. But uh, yeah, so I've, I've been involved. I wanted to, yeah, I want to be more involved in the community, but it's just a, a, a thing of, of time and where my priorities are going to be. But um, yeah. And people tell me, oh yeah, you got to run for uh, for city council, city council. Or, ma- or mayor. So I'm like, I'm like, God, I'm like, that would just destroy my life. I'm like, don't put that evil on me. And what's funny is I, I had a, a couple years back, I had a, um, two city council members approach me wow. and, and try to get me to make a run for the city, but I was like, the timing wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm glad I didn't because the, the thing, if you want to be a, like a uh, so if you want to serve your community, you got to be ready. You got to be available and you got to be in that, in that state. And my life needed to be more together, you know, man, during the, during, uh, during COVID, you know, and the lockdowns and everything, I, I thought about going, doing something like that, really? you know, going for like city council, just because of the situation we were in yeah. and I wanted to feel like I want to, I was involved and I was, you know, yeah, involved with the community. I want to be, you know, stay ahead, right? Yeah, of, yeah and uh, you want to influence change. Yeah, 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 yeah. Be be a part of that, you know? Yeah. While you're uh, help, a help my community. Yeah, help my community. Yeah. And that's one of the things. You're you're a stakeholder and you're yeah. uh, you're a community leader yeah. right now. Yeah. And, and you're as much a community leader or more than Barack Obama was before he ran for president as right. a community yeah, leader. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm, you're, we're all about making a difference, right? In yeah, the that's community. what we're about. And, and uh, yeah, just don't want it to be more involved you know and, and have a part I, of that if i ever but run like you, for anything <laughs> they're going to use that against me <laughs> alberto crane is more community leader than barack obama <laughs> they're gonna, that's gonna be that's gonna be at the top of everything uh, you know things are changing man right things things are shifting uh-huh. you know at the world and technologies and you, know, you talked about crypto blockchain totally and yeah uh, you know it's gonna be interesting to see what happens yeah know, no, with all the government stuff even even the way the government works right totally i mean and do you still have ambitions to run for city council or to you know i'm so involved with so many things that uh you know jujitsu for me it's it's always in my heart and i i want to stay connected um and uh, you know I, i'm very careful and 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 really try to watch out for for things that are going to take away take me away from that, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I used to talk about timing. So when the time is right, possibly, you know, I'm going to you know be against it. Like my grandfather, my mom's dad was heavily into politics for his you know his whole life. Mm-hmm. So definitely, you know, I feel like it's in me, in me a bit, you know, to to go in that direction. Um, but the timing has to be right, and you know, and the, during the COVID, and I hadn't thought about it like that mm-hmm. until like the lockdowns and things, and I was like, man, I want to. I want to fight. I want to, you know, I want to try to make, you know, do, do, you know, take action. You know, what's interesting be, is be a part of the decision-making. If you, if you had a coach, what would they tell you? If you had a, because you know how you, you have to have a jujitsu coach to tell you, no, sign up. Mm-hmm. You have to sign up. You have to get ready. You know, sometimes we get comfortable and sometimes, and the, the time's never really right. Right, right, right. You know, so you just go, you just go like, all right, well, if I had, if I had kind of stepped outside of myself, what would I do? You know, or, or what would I be kind of forced to do because somebody else sees things? So that's kind of in that, in that same vein, I, I try to, uh, um, I, I lean on people to mm-hmm. check me. You know, or they go like, all right, I know time's not right for this because time's not ever right for expanding your business, growing right, your right, family, right, right, right. pursuing that extra thing. It's never perfect, right? right? So right now that's that's kind of one of those things where where I'm trying to, you know, wrap my head around trying to do more because um, one of the things that I realized last year, and it was like one of those uh, uh, new year things, right? Like you, uh, uh, most people kind of at the end of the, the year, they reflect on, you know, how they did right so at the end of 2021 i reflected and i go like okay well i expanded uh when uh, i expanded the gym we have you know all these great things going on but i i left a lot on the table and i was like oh that was so gut-wrenching I, th- that hurt so much yeah. where i was just like i left i could have done more i could have spent more time with family 
but I was like distracted on my cell phone. I could have raced more mountain bike races. I could have, uh, jujitsu competition wasn't at the high of my priority. It was more like uh, growing my school, but I could I could always do more. How did you get into competing? Uh, what was that process, jujitsu competition? It was, it was just a natural um, progression from the uh, pan creation tournaments mm. that I was doing in, in like 2007, where okay. it's just like, okay, well, um, I'm doing fairly well in that, but the times that I would lose, it would be because I got like triangled. And it was always, the triangle was my arch nemesis. It's just, people would just catch me. I had bad posture and and I had to get caught all these times. And and then I was like, I should really specialize in, in jiu-jitsu, right? To, to close that little part that I was uh-huh. that I was lacking, you know? So that became um, just a natural prog- progression from there. And then I got really into into that, you know, where it's just like now that takes over, you know, and that becomes more worthwhile because you're you're specializing. Although I, I did still, you know, train in mixed martial arts and all that, but, but yeah, jiu-jitsu is just a, a, a way to refine a lot more, you know? And funny enough to say, I was always getting triangled. That's like the thing I like watch out for most now because it's just like you're a specialist at uh, not getting in a triangle. Yeah, now. <laughs> and not not that I'm not I'm, I'm great at getting out. I I'm always the the guy like oh if you got in the triangle you messed up already, you know. So not get getting put in the triangle, but yeah. it happens. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you don't train, if you don't compete, like you will never get in anything, right? You never get in, it. and <laughs> that's like do it. that's the thing, you know. And that's why I'm like. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking to myself about right now, the next evolution for me, the next, uh, 10 year cycle mm. is, is kind of beginning right now, I, even though it started a couple of years ago, uh, and that a couple of years ago, I, I blew out my knee. Oh no, no. I, well, I, no, I had a bad, uh, um, meniscus tear, right. That completely like shut me out. I couldn't train jujitsu. And the very next day after that happened, I signed up for a software development bootcamp and I started mm. learning how to code oh, and I okay. started going out down this, like this, this rabbit hole, right. Of, of and my brothers always told me you should get into development. There's a, you know, very, very good opportunities in that. And then I, um, I spent a couple months, uh, really going down that path and spent like 15 grand over three months in, in this, like a uh, bootcamp wow, wow. that was like, so I was like all in, let me go and do this. And, and, um, but then I was, I was getting to the point where I was just like, I was, I was a brown belt at the time, 2017. And I was like, am I quitting jujitsu? You know? And then I was like, wait, I'm, I'm not quitting jujitsu. It's just that, you know, I have pressure to do other things to Mm -hmm. kind of make sense of my life and Mm -hmm. what direction I was going to go in. And, um, and then at that point, you know, I just realized, no, I got to find a different way because if I just pursue like the corporate route, like I'm just going to work, I'm just going to be a cog in some corporate machine as a developer, which is all cool. That's what you want to do. It just, for me, I couldn't do it. That was like, it was going to defeat my soul. Yeah. You know, I was like, working a nine to five, working a nine to five. Like I'm a creative person. Yeah, exactly. You know, even if you could work from home, it's still like you're building stuff for other people instead of building stuff for yourself, you mm-hmm. know? So I was way more from a creative perspective. I was like, I got to, I want to learn this. And this is really interesting. So I started doing freelance work. I started, um, uh, doing more web design at that point. So I was like, I built like a website for a newspaper for real estate offices. Oh, wow, okay. And then I started doing all these other things that okay. were all self-taught. Like okay. people were like, Oh, you're like a computer guy. Right. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I guess I am. You know? So like people like give me jobs, like, and I would build things, you know, I would just research documentation, watch YouTube videos, figure it all out, you know, so I'll do all this. I could teach myself anything, you know, so I, I was just like, okay, I'll start that. But at that point started uh, opportunity presented. So that's where we opened up Academy. And uh, um, now, you know, a couple of years down the road from and that. You do, you do the the IT or web web things and, and technology things as yeah, well? Yes. On yes, the side? Yeah. So um, uh, uh, not so much of that lately. I, w- I was trying to uh, kind of moonlight with all of that as well. Mm. But right now, I'm now in the state of trying to uh, relaunch that aspect of my life. So right now on the way here, every single day, I'm researching uh, like... Uh, um, metaverse podcasts and and listening to a lot of stuff to just try to be a part of this uh as a creator mm. this uh, uh this next chapter of my life you know so that right now starting again as like a white belt that started you know that stopped but started five years ago yeah you know um 
where I could where I could use this in in the future and be part of something early on as as a creator, not someone not like a capitalist where someone just like is trying to time a trend right, but somebody that's a part of the future, mm-hmm. you know. So it's really um, that's really the next thing, and that's one thing I. I I really hold dear as far as like, as far as myself as a principal, I want to be a creator. I want to, there's like two people, right? And everything. There's the consumer mm-hmm. and the producer, mm-hmm. you know, like you're, you're producing, mm-hmm. you're, you know, how many podcasts do you listen to a day? Probably not nearly as much as, you know, you're, you're creating right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. you know? So that's like the whole thing that I, tr- I try to realize, you know, like, am I, I always try to reflect and I consume, you know, I watch movies with my kids or I do some, some stuff like that, but I want to produce, I want to be uh, more 60, 40, 60% produce, 40% consume, you know, and the more, and it's just like Elon Musk, how much does he produce? Mm -hmm. How much do you think he consumes? Mm -hmm. Probably very little, Mm -hmm. you know, this part. So I'm really, I'm really into that right now. Produce, produce, produce. But right now I'm in the learning stages of things and um, need to get back into programming as well so that I could um, be a part of these communities to to actually create the future. What kind of what kind of metaverse things uh, are you uh, you mentioned crypto you meant uh, yeah so right now right now it's really about uh, identifying first like uh, um, what the because a lot of people will say metaverse and it's a term that's been hijacked by Facebook where you go right right where, right where you go like you go like okay well is this just a, uh, it's just just a, a community around the walled garden that Facebook is creating. But, uh, what it, first you have to kind of like identify what it's not. Mm-hmm. That's what I realized. So mm-hmm. the thing that is most helpful is to realizing what it's not. And it's not an experience, uh, built around any one, uh, piece of hardware or, uh, technology. So it's more the way I'm understanding. And there's a lot of different, uh, interpretations of this or kind of ways people express this. But as the way I'm understanding it so far right now is that it's uh, it's all about uh, um, a 3D experience. It's a, it's a, like a, a internet. It's just a, a user generated 3D experience, mm-hmm. basically like mm-hmm. what the kids are using right now on Roblox and mm-hmm. and. Um, and and the it, matrix yeah exactly right so <laughs> have you seen ready player one no i haven't you haven't no i haven't the steven spielberg uh, that's an movie. older movie right that's not that old you know it's the last like i think i'm not sure don't call me on it five six years oh okay uh-huh. okay i gotta check that out mm-hmm. yeah so um but I mean, basically it, people spend more time in the in the if you want to call it metaverse than in, in real time well it's kind of it's happening to some people already so there's like a, um, I mean, like we're on our phones, we're in these, you know, these situations, right. Where that's not, we're definitely connected. So it's like uh, the other day I was, uh, um, I raced with somebody, I, uh, you know, I raced mountain bikes and, uh-huh. and one of the guys I was racing against, he, uh, he's like, man, I haven't seen you in a year and I know everything that's going on with your life. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's so crazy. Yeah. You know, so we're, we're connected. We're cyborgs, you know, yeah, we're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. we're right it, now our, our, our phone's an extension of our brain right. where we don't have to remember right. anything. And right. all of the world's information is, is right. available. Just the bandwidth is low right now right. so that right. we have right. to text it in or yeah. speech to text. So it, it's kind of at a, at a, you know, it, it's still low bandwidth right now, but we're completely, you know, Starlink is coming. Elon Musk with the neural link, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not even that. Yeah. That too. Right. But just even like the, all the satellites in the, in, in space, right. To oh, make yeah. things in real time. So yes. there's no lag. Yeah. So the latency is going to go away. Yeah. The user experience is going to get better for all this, for all this stuff that's going on. Right. So it, it's a, um, it's a really interesting time. And, uh, one, one thing that I think is really important is to, um, to not get left behind because you're just going to be by the time everybody starts talking about something mm-hmm. right now, there's like a real hype wagon around like metaverse and, and there's, oh, there's going to be a dip. Everyone's mm-hmm. going to be like, all right, every 10 years people talk about, uh, virtual roads and VR, everything goes up really high and then everything goes, bam, everything goes down. Like it or not. Right. That's where the world is going, you know, with all the, just the technology and it's, it's, uh, it's like, you know, infinite, right? Like things were like to a certain speed, but now just, the the growth is exponential right right every year every year <laughs> and we don't even see the stuff that's actually happening you know like ai and all that you know with every aspect right there's a futuristic guy named george gilder uh-huh. do you know who ray kurzweil is 
No. He tra- he he has that term singularity where we merge mm. with technology basically. Right. And I, I really like that. how he's uh I was li- I was I was like, you know, studying a lot of futurist future stuff, you know, AI and all that and kind of, you know, we're going to have robots, you know, like people, right? And we're basically going to die out, right? We're going to create our own our own race or whatever you want to call it, our own evolution and it's kind of making me sad, you know. And then I I found this guy George Gildy's a future future guy as well. And he has a book, he has a lot of books, but uh, one, of the, one of his latest books is called Life After Google. Hmm. The end of big tech and the emergence of blockchain economy. And I was like, okay, so like this blockchain technology, right, is the future and it, everything's transparent, right? And, you know, banking and just all, all aspects, right? It's going to be very transparent and and uh yeah we're gonna merge with technology like it or not you know like totally. if you watch the new matrix even have you seen it no i haven't seen okay that. you know the old one i i wanted to see it because i wanted to see you know they were so far ahead right and right. whenever the first ones came out right yeah of just you know the 90s right why are they saying the 90s that was like you know and you go back into those times uh, but we're fighting the machines and then in the new one what happens we're with the machines we're connected we're we're you know we're we're not fighting we're part of it and so in the george gilder He's like, we're going to be a part. It's not going to be one or the other. We're going to merge with technology, basically. You know, we're going to be a part of it and, you know, and all, always in some form of capacity, you know. And so I was like, okay, cool. That's cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just, you know, happy uh, that everything's going to be okay, you know, uh, in a way, you know, just because it's like, man, the end of like the human, you know, of how we are, you know, just, 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 I don't know, the human race in a way, you know, the way the other guy was talking. Right. Uh, but things are going to be different. I mean, look, like, you know, when they invented the light bulb, right? Like, you know, oh, it's the devil, you know, but things just change and just see that you, like Albert Einstein says, that you would think like the universe is with you or it's against you, right? Right. And it, it's all about, so right now, and that's one of the reasons why it's super important to get involved, I think, and help create the future and shape mm-hmm. it, shape, shape policy around how um, the responsibility of artificial intelligence and, um, and its uses and all that, because if you don't, if you don't set guidelines and parameters, things just go like your, your, your culture inside the gym. If you're not intentional about your culture, mm. then you're just going to end up with a random culture and you're going to be at the, uh, that could be really detrimental. You're going to be at the mercy at whatever way gravity went, right? The path of least resistance. Rather, if you help shape the future, if you get involved in, in communities, you could, um, and you have to be a stakeholder first to, uh, to be involved in these communities, to be mm-hmm. part of, um, the group of people that make, uh, make those decisions, right. right even right, even right. from any standpoint, it could be very, and that's one thing that's really interesting about all of this is that it's all, it's all for the community. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, like the, you know, I don't know if you know, Robert Kiyosaki, the rich dad, poor dad guy. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. He like, he has some new books too, but he, he, you know, it's like, you know, uh, the dollar or money, right. The fiat currency, mm-hmm. it's the government money. Totally. You know, gold and silver, it's God's money. Right. And like crypto, you know, and, and these things is the people's money. Yeah. It's you know? the people's and so money. this blockchain technology, you know, I, it's hard for me to wrap my head around exactly how, and we, I don't know, we, we, maybe we don't know. Um, but but, you know, it's going to give us a lot of the powers back. You know, you can grow up in, you know, the Philippines or wherever. And you can from one day to the next Zimbabwe, you know, mm-hmm. like lose all of your life savings. Right. Just mm-hmm. because of, you know, <laughs> so nationalized. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Crisis. You know? Yeah. And so it kind of gives us some of the power back to the person. Right. The, 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 the you know, instead of being so reliant on, you know, government and just these other things, you know. So I think. I think things are going to be going that way just because of the nature of the blockchain technology. I'm not uh, like a, like I said, like a, you know, I'm trying to wrap my head around it, but I'm same here. I'm trying to uh, always stay connected, and and I'm really into crypto and and just staying ahead. You know, I mean, like eighty percent of the money that's been printed has been printed in the last two years. Yeah, that's right. Eighty percent, eighty percent. So crazy. You know, from you know a couple trillion to like twenty trillion, like. How does that make sense? Is the U.S. dollar going to stay the reserve currency for the world? I don't know, you know, but something is shifting and something is changing and you can blame it on the pandemic or you can, I don't know, (laughs) you can take action, right? And do something about it. Right now. So, and, and that's one of the things, right? Because there's, there's so many things that you can't even imagine or anticipate right now, as far as uh, use cases for blockchain and, and, and all of that, even taking like, like NFTs, right? So uh, when you think about 
that all it is is just uh, giving ownership to you know digital digital assets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so um, one the one way that I heard someone put it recently is is blockchain is just uh, um, financializing the internet, mm-hmm. right? So it it, it uh, establishes ownership. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm. what it's doing, right? So now you're whatever you create. Mm-hmm. Um, there's gonna be different ways of actually like with NFTs, like people. People could actually make money. There's gonna be um, there's there's gonna be some money to be made every time an NFT is transferred. Mm-hmm. And whatever the use case for that, they say like eighty percent eighty percent of the NFTs on OpenSea are a scam mm-hmm. or a spam, and only twenty percent are around like actual um, uh, projects and people that are trying to do something meaningful. So that that just goes to show. I mean, and, and who knows where it's going to be in the future? There's there's the different NFT marketplaces. I actually heard that um, uh, a very uh, who who just created um, there. Well, there's different organizations right now, different corporations, right, right, right. corporations creating their own NFT marketplaces right now. Right. Who knows? You know, are you gonna buy some land in in the metaverse? Yeah, <laughs> you gonna buy a house? <laughs> you gonna buy a plant a tree and then <laughs> buy so, a, buy a donate? Uh, <laughs> so that's very interesting, right? Because buy a river, buy a. <laughs> it seems so silly, but so many things in in um, in hindsight that people thought were silly, yeah, were silly, are now like so practical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who know? knows, right? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So, but I'm, 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 you stay open, right? And stay, try to stay ahead. So, right? yeah, keep it's educating that, yourself. Yeah, That's yeah. the whole thing. Like yeah. you, you, and I think my, my whole thing, my whole approach is to stay with that, that white belt mindset mm-hmm. or like kind of like how, how Joey Diaz says, like, you don't know nothing, yeah. you know, like yeah, you, don't, you don't know anything, you know, you're just, a, you're just a blank canvas that's, and you're cups empty. Though. We don't know anything. You that's don't know the reality, anything, right? That's you know? reality. So, and you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> you're so right, right now right. I'm totally, I'm right. totally. And so the other thing is too, right? Like, you know how easy jujitsu would have been if you know, if you would have known what questions to ask, you realize being a genius is actually just realizing because you have Google, you have Google, you have the ultimate search engine, right? So, in order to be a genius, you just need to know what questions to ask to mm. to answer mm-hmm. your question. Mm. And then that goes like, oh, man, because, and that's the only way. So right now I'm researching and I'm just exploring these, like, I'm just exploring uh, all this content, whether on YouTube or, or like I said, podcasts and whatever, mm. and completely shots in the dark because I, nobody's telling me, I don't know who do I have. I have a couple metaverse podcasts with uh, Ben Stream. He's one of my, one of our, one of our brown belts. Oh, you know? okay. And he's like, he's, dialed in you know 24 7 man i gotta lean on that guy for a resource because I, I i'm they have some discord groups and stuff that you can get in on and, oh okay yeah. yeah no that's awesome because yeah. that's one of the things it's just like how do you how do you even like Great, there's, some, there's some real jujitsu guys in there too oh really like, yeah, yeah and so that's like a thing so i i sound like a crazy person at my gym because i'm like talking about all this stuff too too their, their discord group is uh, apollo apollo yeah yeah apollo apollo okay apollo yeah I'll, I'll get on that. Yeah. And, and I, I'm talking to people about, it and they just look at me like I'm some like crazy person. Cause I'm like, yeah, there's something here. But it's like when I first started talking to people about jujitsu, yeah, they're yeah. like, what? Yeah, yeah. Like, how's this, how's this going to blow up? How's this a thing? Right. Yeah. But like, it's just like anything. Like if, if you see something that's worthy and meaningful to you, yeah. that means it's worthy and meaningful to somebody else. Yeah. So there's once that, once that starts like multiplying it's out, then you're by the time everybody starts talking about it, it's too late. Mm. It's too late. The, the op- well, not too late, but the opportunity for exponential growth is already far behind. So by being early and there's always these opportunities, right? But it's like, if you don't think yellow car, you don't see yellow car. Right. So you have to think opportunity. You know, to I see think just cause I've, you know, I've been through like a lot of different cycles and stuff with jujitsu and everything. And you always, ah, the first, the free, if you're in the, in the beginning, you you play a part, but you know, like one of the things that martial arts, and maybe you, you know, if you agree with this, but it gives you like a certain discipline and like, you know, you know, discipline, you know, way of life, you know? And if you apply that to anything, even if you're late in the thing, like you overtake people, you know, totally just, the exponential growth of you know whatever you do right is in a you know pay dividends well and that comes from discipline so it's like that right and that you get that you get that directly from the mat right totally because you that that idea of you show up even and when it you don't starts want to from show the heart up. like right the passion and 
people are telling you, what are you doing, man? Yeah, no, like, <laughs> how many people have told you that? So much. And that was like so much of the problem. Your, mom, your parents probably, my, you know. my parents were like, you're never, what, why are you training this so much? You're never going to make money from this. And this isn't, this isn't like a thing. As far as my mom is concerned, I train yeah. karate every right, day right, right, right. and that's really humbling. And it's really good because, um, and I was really fortunate to have like a super hard ass as a mom where, mm. where she's just like, she say things like, you know what your bro, your, your brother's problem is. He mm. thinks he's special. Nobody's special. And I'm like, damn, that's awesome. Mom. That's fire. I'm like, that's badass, right? You're not special. You could do special things. You know, you might be special to your mom. Obviously when my mom doesn't even think I'm special, mm. like that's powerful because she's like, you, you're you're not special, you know, and, and then you, you reframe that around. Obviously she loves me, right. Or like, me and my siblings, but you got to do special things to really be special. If you're just walking down the street, you know, Alberto, you know, for somebody else, for, for everybody else, you're just some guy, mm-hmm. right. But it's when you do special things, it's when you impact your community. Mm-hmm. It's when you, when you create things for, um, for our society to really benefit be better. Yeah. You know, so, and that's at the idea, that's at the idea of uh, what, um, you know, I, I feel like at least that makes life worthwhile and that makes it meaningful because, you know, here today, gone tomorrow, you know, you could completely get wiped out, but if you left this place better than, than you found it, you know, you're, you're a winner. You know, so, and you got, you got thought of that at least till people. Forget. So you've been doing jujitsu for over 15 years. Uh, it'll be 15 years in, in August. Okay. So you remember exactly when you started and everything. So why didn't you stop training jujitsu? You have your parents, what are you doing? You know, that's a really good question. So, um, I just felt like I'd be, uh, when, when, when I was at that crossroads, when I was, uh, uh so- studying software development, and I even remember I was in this boot camp studying software development. I wanted to go uh, compete at uh, IBJJF uh, Mexico City, mm-hmm. and I talked to uh, my the uh, my mentor and mm-hmm. and the the uh, the founder of the the boot camp where I was studying. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I I want to go compete. And he's like, no, you're not. You need to be looking for a job. And I was like, damn. I was like, okay. And I was like, wait a second, like this is putting other people in control of my life. Mm. I don't ever want to be here. I don't want to be, I don't want to ever be in a position where somebody else else is telling me yes or no, that should all be based on what I, how I hold my priorities. Right. And if I would have, if I would have pursued working for a corporation, it would have just been exactly that because you're just a, you're just a cog. And, And one thing that, um, later started coming together was I, I realized, and, and I think it was, uh, I, I heard that it was, uh, a- Andrew Carnegie that mm-hmm. said, um, leadership is a commodity. So even at the top of a company, right. Say even you, you rise up to the, to the ranks, like the rise, rise up through the ranks and get to the top. You're a CEO of a company. Mm-hmm. Andrew Carnegie said, uh, leadership is a commodity. I could buy and sell, sell that same how you could buy and sell oranges, bananas, and, and coffee beans. Mm-hmm. So that's crazy because you tend to think you're special. Everyone wants to think they're special. Again, coming back to that, right? Like even if I, if I got hired as a CEO, mm-hmm. I would still be accountable to the shareholders and, and uh, board, board directors and all that. Right. So it's just a crazy thing where I was like, nah, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to punch my own ticket. You're the, you're the gym owner, right? But uh, if there's a clogged up uh, toilet, <laughs> you're the janitor too. So that's on the that's on the uh, on the flip side of that, right? So definitely, that's the that's the thing. People don't realize how much uh, uh, gym owners and black belt instructors how much cleaning they do. You know, I've tried to. I definitely try to uh, um, delegate. We, me and my business partner, I try to delegate so much because I was fed up a, like a year ago. Mm. I was on oh no, a yeah. I was fed up. I was like, dude, I'm I'm cleaning. I'm cleaning more than I'm teaching sometimes. That's crazy. You know, I was like, this has got to change, but you just got to identify the problem. What some people like to do that. Like it's like therapy, right? So it depends what you so want to do. So I clean the yeah. mats. Mm-hmm. I clean the mats. Mm-hmm. But um, when it comes to other things, it just, uh, um, I just, I just want to always try to stick to my core competency, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm not the best toilet cleaner, you know? <laughs> so it's kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, uh, whatever, whatever the thing is, you know, and that's an opportunity for someone else at yeah. the end of the day. If I'm doing that, yeah. that means I'm taking away hours from somebody else. Yeah. 
you know, so someone's got to do it, you know, and whatever, whatever the case is, not that, not that I can't do it. I won't do that at this, but when we were in our, in our, uh, first gym, the, the spot was only 1250 square feet. I said, this is not scalable because my whole goal was to do more and more and more and more square footage. And I said, if this is already a lot, I can't scale. You know, so my whole thing was scalability in my in my time as resource, like even for myself. Um, and I don't know, everyone's gonna feel different about this, but for instance, I don't do private lessons because it's not scalable. Mm. Because I can't distribute all of my energy mm. the way I'd like to across my students. Mm. So I don't and my family, because then it becomes very proportional. As as I become more successful and busier, um, then my that private lesson time the value of it completely changes and at any given point like i'm not being uh, um it, it's not proportional to what i negotiated early on right so i go like first and foremost i'll give a private lesson to my daughter mm -hmm. or my wife mm -hmm. or like or something like that right where like they should first uh, everyone should get my private time after the the people i have in priority first you mm -hmm. know so it just but that that's not necessarily how how it should be it's just the way i do things because uh i needed that i needed that kind of struggle and then it, it became that as well where i need to what well, if i needed a private lesson in something um i should have that time available before anyone else is willing to pay for it because i go and that's another principle based thing i uh, i think it might have been from rich that poor dad um where I don't rent my time. Mm. I want to have equity stake in whatever I'm doing. Anything mm -hmm. I'm doing has to be completely based off. How am I going to completely, uh, even if, even if I'm cleaning toilets mm. as like, at like a, at a coffee stand that's, mm. or like a coffee shop or whatever. Right. Like I would rather clean toilets and something where I had equity stake than to be paid $200 an hour and something where I'm just renting my time mm -hmm. because that doesn't scale. Mm -hmm that doesn't scale to something that's going to bet me benefit me in the future. Rather the, the coffee shop, I, I do the startup, the, mm -hmm. the sweat equity at the front end, and then it's able to then carry on on itself and be self-sustaining hopefully. Mm -hmm. Right. If, if you actually have a, a good business going, but so everything I do, I do, I do it in that same manner. So my time, everything, my investment, my family, all that, it, it's just set up in that way. What do you love about teaching? Teachings are um, just helping people at the end of the day. Um, and I, I'm sure like most 99% of the instructors, they, they do it because they love helping people rather than trying to make money. If you got into it, if you're a creative intellectual person, um, you would have, you would have been successful, whether it was jujitsu, mm. uh, marketing, fill in the blank. Right. So, um, as a capable person, you're oftentimes taking a little bit of a pay cut if you're actually going and helping people in, mm -hmm. in these kind of ways, right? Teaching, so yeah. teaching, right? Because you, you're so much more. And in in uh, other businesses, you could be crushing it in, in tons of different regards. Investment right? banking. You could just, <laughs> oh my gosh, have you decided to go Wall Street or something like that? You know, rather than being a a, a jujitsu teacher in pajamas, you know, you'd be you'd be in a different different position. So helping people. First and foremost is at, at the forefront of everything, and that's why, um, like I'm I'm supposed to only be scheduled for five classes a week at, mm. at my school, mm. but I'm there all the time, mm -hmm. and that's because I'm always just trying to distribute that. I'm always just trying to distribute my time to help people in whatever way possible, um, so that so I could be the most uh, uh, so that could be the most scalable, right? Mm. So like. Um, so that I could I could spread it around however ways appropriate, and uh, and impact people's lives. Like I've had people recently, um, man Alberto. Like I've had people in my gym like break down and cry. You know where they have different things going on in their life, and and tell me like this is all they have, like and they're afraid they're gonna um, you know mess this up something and. And it's just so heavy and it's so real. And it's like, man, like I'm not just teaching martial arts here. You know, I'm helping someone get through a difficult time in their life. I'm helping them socialize because nobody at work knows them, feels them, understands them because their spouse is shutting them out, you know, because maybe their kids with kids. And you've seen this too, where like kids that come from all sorts of mm -hmm. uh, difficult situations at home, like some there, there's different people have different reasons why they come into the academy. And my 
my goal is to impact people, you know, help people create a catalyst for them, not just to succeed at jujitsu, but, and this is where like, I don't know if I ever overset boundaries and all that because I try to get people excited. It's hard, right? Yeah. That line is fine. Yeah. And, and I don't want it. The last thing I want to be is a guru. I'm mm-hmm. not a guru. And I tell people straight mm-hmm. up, I hate cults and I hate that. <laughs> like, I hate that sometimes jujitsu is like a cult, yeah. you know? So I'm not a guru. I'm an idiot. You know, I'm just like, I've just seen some things that might be helpful if I express them to you so that it could help your life, you know? Um, so that's like, I want to help people from a very humbled perspective of like, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just a jujitsu guy. I'm just a guy that got really good at jujitsu and now is in a place to influence your life positively. That's it. You know, and I'm not special and you can accomplish way more than me because you're like, you, you now have people around you that believe in you that really want to help you. Like the other day, somebody told me, Brian, like, I just want to tell you, thank you because, because the other day you told me you believe in me. And, and I sincerely, I wasn't just saying that, like, I wish people could see in themselves what I see in them because I've been there. I've been the, I've been the guy where it's just like, I really needed a coach to believe in me because I wouldn't sign up for tournaments on my own. I needed a coach to be like, Hey, you're signing up. That's why I tell you like with running for city council. Sometimes we need people to be like, Hey, no, you're doing this Mm. because sometimes we, we always, we typically choose a path of least resistance, Mm. you know? And if there's a little bit of friction, staying out of the comfort zone, staying in the comfort zone, in the comfort zone, you know? So that's why, that's the uh, that's the thing that on my deathbed mm. i'll remember the most it's just the people i impacted the um the kids who i helped succeed later in a different aspect of their life and all that so that's that's the part that um if you separate everything else you know because here today gone tomorrow like you're whatever you have whatever you establish could be gone like gyms blow up and the, the people like i'm i'm always saying like yeah the gym could burn down tomorrow you know, and I'll rebuild uh, after, after, especially after COVID being such a new school during COVID and all that, I was, I was always like, uh, well, now I'm always thinking about like, oh yeah, this could be gone tomorrow. I'm not at all on like, oh yeah, this is going to stick around. No, no, this could be gone and that's okay. And I've even, the day we opened up our new location, I told some of my members, I, I actually did a little like speech and I told the guys like, if something, if, if COVID 3.0 or something happened today or whatever the case, world war three or whatever debacle happened, we will rebuild in a school one sixteenth the size of the space. It could be half the size of this room and we'll get back here and bigger and better. And, and some of you will be around with us. And those of you that won't totally understand, not a big deal. You do whatever is best for you, you know, but, um, but kind of in the same way, uh, we were talking earlier, and when you started this, you're uh, saying that um, you you took some guys to compete, right? Mm-hmm. And you do what you do. So it's kind of like the thing of beavers will always build dams. Mm-hmm. You will always develop people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we do. You know, we will always develop people. So whether whether in jujitsu, whether in tech, whether in, in leadership, whatever the case may be, as beavers will develop dams, will develop people, will help people, and the thing will just snowball from there. This is just a current um, at my academy teaching. It's just a current iteration of how I'm doing that, you know. But in the future, it may be some other some other way, you know. So it's just a, um, it, it at the end of the day, yeah. It's a long winded way of expressing why I love teaching or why I like teaching. Um, it's to, it's to help people, you know, how to help people so that they could help other people. That's it. Him. Well, thank you, man. Thank you for all that you do. How can people find you? Okay, yeah. So uh, I'm on Instagram at Hector O Baltran. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Or you could check out our academy, academyjj.com. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, just come on by, swing by, train with us, say what's up. Thank yeah, you, Alberto. Man, it's, it's been great, uh, great getting to know you. It was a big pleasure last week when you came by to the gym and taught. Uh, and, uh, man, man, it's great, great talking to you and just hearing about what you're about and, and look forward to seeing you grow and, and helping other people grow. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right, man.